The Dimp Digital Network presents Idle Game Chat. Hello, Apps here from the Dimp Digital Network. Welcome to Idle Game Chat and welcome to our first edition of Games on the Grill. Games on the Grill is basically where we sit here and grill video games that we have been playing. We give our impressions. We do our best to kind of break down the game. We'll often go off on random tangents too, so don't expect to be completely focused. But uh, episodes will feature either a handful of games as we will barrel through them as best we can. And there may be some situations where we just focus on a singular game and really sink our teeth into that. But for this inaugural edition of Games on the Grill... I've got the Elder Statesman roped in. He's a, a former Dimp Digital Gaming Quiz champion, and he's currently plying his trade in the Dimp Digital FGL Grand Prix. It's Pac-Man himself. It's Tom Adcock. How you doing? Hello, mate. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yes, very well, thank you. Are you uh, excited to be on this inaugural episode of Games on the Grill? Can't believe my luck, if I'm honest, mate. Hmm. Mm, wanted to do it yesterday but somebody was a little bit drunk so that yeah. didn't happen i drank way too much friday and uh yeah saturday was pretty much a write-off the only way actually to get over that particular situation i didn't start feeling better till i had some prosecco in the afternoon fucking so hell that, that hair of the dog people go oh it's bollocks i'm telling you nine times out of ten it'll sort you out but that one time out of ten where it makes you feel worse you may want to avoid it but I'm feeling feeling good this morning, feeling refreshed. We've got a, a big session ahead of us to for the IGC crowd, and I'm sure they're very excited to have games on the grill going. I wanted to just quickly check in with you, actually, before we started on the games for this session, with the Fantasy Gaming League, the Grand Prix that you're taking part in. How mm-hmm. do you feel personally it's going for you? Because now that we've got COVID-19 lockdowns, we've seen a lot of delays... Has it changed the the DNA of what your plan originally was? Yeah, I'm not in in like in the uh, individual league. I don't think I'm in good shape really. I went for like a a half boil of uh, games that are sort of surefire to come out, but not really big hitters, and then a load of games that might come out, but they've you know what are we now we're now in Q2 and. Yeah. There's yeah. still like no announcements of any of them, so there's going to have to be some big subs, and I think it's going to take a a big fuck of luck to get me anywhere up the top of that league unfortunately yeah it's, it's a tough year because the added complications of of covid is really pushed back and i think really it's unsettled people and their trust in games coming out because we've seen the last of us two getting delayed out of may that was you know a month away it was four weeks away from having that and now they're like nah that ain't coming out till then probably still make 2020 but you think well what else is getting pushed back later on in the year yeah, I I wonder how like their brain because I feel like if you had like a um, like a little indie game, retro game or whatever, you'd probably because people are obviously sitting at home playing games. Like I feel like mm. you know any old consoles, yeah, the price is skyrocketing on all this stuff because people have got nothing else to do. Yes, but like our naughty dogs sitting there thinking, right? Well, there's gonna be a lot of people wanting the special editions. They're gonna want this physical. Yeah, like do they? Because I can't. I mean. In my brain, anyone into video games, that gets dropped as a digital. Like, as much as I love a physical, I'd have to get that. Yeah. have to. 
So, I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I'm not too sure of the thinking. But then, yeah, I think if it's not like a AAA game, it'd be a great time to really get your game out there. You know, people are sitting in, they're checking the net. You can advertise to them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Those, yeah, those that are, that are digital releases primarily, like you said, the smaller games, there's definitely a good time to drop it. Um, I think the big guys, like you mentioned, Naughty Dog or, or Sony, whoever's making that call, may well have looked at it and gone, the physical sales are going to be down on what they probably would have been. So let's try and do it when all the shops, or some of the shops at least, are open. I mean, you can still order physical online. Well, have it delivered, that's it, but, right? And most of those places are still in business, right? As far yeah. as I know. So... Yeah, in the UK, yeah. I mean, maybe, you know, they've probably been working on that game for, what, seven years, six years or whatever. So maybe they just want the fanfare it deserves, you know, come release. They know it's going to be an absolute monster. So, you know, just keep the coffers a little bit lower for one more or six more months or whatever and then absolutely rake it in. Well, we'll see also what's happening with the new generation of consoles. I imagine there'll be a difficult decision having to be made there because that itself is probably less impacted in terms of people can get hold of them but how much spare money have people got to drop 400 500 quid on a new console after being put furloughed or or out of work for three months from this covid thing yeah yeah it's it's super interesting i mean because yeah for a lot of people if you keep your job i mean furlough no furlough if your bills are reasonable you're probably significantly better off at the moment but then there's going to be a split down the middle of people who are literally struggling to pay the bills and whatnot and yeah a new console is going to be the last thing on their mind yeah absolutely well we'll certainly monitor it and i'm sure at some point when we get some formal announcements on what's going on we'll have a little chat about it here on igc but we're here to grill some video games and on this session i want to kick things off with a game that the pair of us have both played and we actually play it together it's the uh, sorry it's man of medan dark picture anthology now, for those that don't know too much about them, Supermassive Games developed this. The last game that they developed and released was Until Dawn. And this falls very much similar into that category of, of narrative-based games. Um, you played Until Dawn. What did you think of that effort of, of Supermassive Games? Because it kind of had the DNA of the Telltale games, but production values were far, far bigger and, and better. Yeah, I loved it, man. It was like classic sort of 80s, 90s horror thing, film, like uh, in a game, like decision-based, um, like quite a few characters. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really good game. I didn't really know much about it going in, but I played it with uh, my nephew, Lewis, Marcus, better yes. known. And uh, yeah, we just passed the pad on it and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it was a good game. I think I enjoyed seeing a game like that, Um with some proper production value because all we'd had really is Telltale and as good as I've good as they are and I've enjoyed them they're sort of middle of the road to lower it on their production values and they, they creak they there's sometimes some some problems with the, the graphics and whatnot but this was a uh, like oh, it looked like a quote-unquote a proper sort of triple-a video game now whether people would say it was because of the, the depth of gameplay is another issue another little fun fact Rami Malek was was starring in Until Dawn went on to get an Oscar so Jesus what you get 
Freddie Mercury job, wasn't it? You know, I bet he buries that now on his CV. Oh, uh, that's yeah, man. Until dawn is definitely not on his CV. That's, that's, that's eradicated for sure. Um, but I do love these these narrative based games, and I I enjoyed Until Dawn as well. I didn't like the story as much. Like, I remember enjoying the first half or the first sort of act or two of the the narrative and then when things sort of opened up a bit I was a bit like ah, that's not really what I was up for but I do love these sort of games we've had we've mentioned the Walking Dead series and the Telltale and, and all that good stuff Life is Strange is kind of another series that uh, I've enjoyed and then Detroit Become Human which uh, released last year as well and like we said Man and Madame falls into that category and it's interesting that you mentioned that you played Until Dawn sitting there passing the pad with with, with Marcus and that's something that I think Supermassive Games have been looking at. People saying, well, we, we enjoy this as a little bit of a multiplayer experience because the big change or the big addition for Man and Medan is that there is multiplayer. There are, there are two options. You've got movie night mode and shared story. Movie night mode works as you just described there. You, you control one character and then it'll say, right, Tom, you'll go, you pass the pad, and you go back and forth between the different characters. But what we played together was shared story. So me and you logged on one evening, we went into a lobby, we joined up, and it allowed us to play the game at the same time, basically. We'd, we'd, we'd control a separate character often at the same time. Uh, sometimes we'd meet up and, and have a little conversation, but... That well, I thought both of those features were kind of quite interesting. They've looked at the Twitch streaming community, saw how much fun people have in, and thought, right, let's try and implement this. What did you, what did you, what did you think of the the shared story mode and how that actually worked? Yeah, it's pretty smart. Like the, it, you don't have much say or no say at all in who you're playing as. Like you'll just no. start a new chapter and then you know you're allocated a character, so you get a mix. You get to you know play as all the characters across the board, really, but. Yeah, I mean, it works really well. And I guess it gives it some, I mean, not that I would particularly want to do it again, but it obviously gives it replay value because, one, you can, well, actually, do you know what? It's got real replay value because obviously you can influence the story in yeah. many different ways. And then, you know, it's not split screen. So I, when you were off doing your thing, unless it was bringing us together, I didn't know what you were actually doing. So, no, yeah. 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 So you're only ever getting like 50% of the experience, which is fine. Obviously, you know, you can talk to each other in a lobby and let people know what's going on. Yeah. it's uh, It was certainly, like you said, I think the word is smart to implement that so that people could play it across, across the board. And uh, Movie night mode, I think you can have up to like four or six people. So you'd all have like a character each pretty much. It'd be annoying though if you sort of went down and died early on and you was like playing just one character and you had to sit out with the story. Like, right, or someone did something that put your character in jeopardy and then they died, and he's like, Right, now I've just got to sit and watch these fucking idiots play this. I'm not sure for big groups it's the, it's the right idea. Um, one thing I noticed definitely in comparison to Until Dawn was it felt much shorter, and I'm pretty sure it was much shorter. Now, I've played it solo, I played it solo first, which is you know, one way the game's designed, and I played it with you, where it was a bit more of a shorter experience because some of the scenes were right to do both characters. You were off doing that part of the story on your own. But in terms of length, I think we bashed it out in three and a half hours, four hours for sure. Yeah, it's all right, wasn't it? It's just one night. Yeah, we did it in one in one go. Now the RRP for Man and Medan was was twenty five UK pounds. 
Until Dawn was fifty UK pounds. So is that a fair trade off that the, the length of the game is shorter and that we're paying less technically? Yeah, I mean, I th- can't remember what I actually paid for it. Maybe seventeen or something. Yeah, something in that wheelhouse. Um, and that was fine. I feel like twenty-five is. I mean, it probably for a, for a brand new release that probably is the they can get away with that. I'd like to see it like nineteen ninety-nine. Or yeah. I don't know if they've done this. It's part of obviously a series, isn't it? There's now a new one set in a, a small town or whatever. I don't know if you can buy the whole like, series as a package. Because yeah, if that was then eighty nine ninety nine and this was, you know, your bag, then I don't know what I'd work out how many they're doing, three or five or whatever. But that that would be fine. But, yeah, I mean, what you can pick it up for now is well worth it. And I guess with, like, a game like Resi 3 going for, like, Forty nine ninety nine, and people are saying that's four hours. Then yeah, twenty five. Yeah, I mean, I guess that is fair. To be fair, yeah, no, I, I, I tend to agree. And also, like, do you really want to play thirty hours of this? Type God, of no, no. It was. I mean, <laughs> that's not a diss. It's just that no, they, no. they run their course, don't they? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I can't remember how long Until Dawn was. If I'm honest, like twice as long. Ten, seven, eight hours I've got. Yeah, which is yeah. fine. Yeah, I mean, this was fine. Like, I enjoyed it. And, it, you know, the pacing's good and gets you right into the action, I guess, which is fine. Um, and, yeah, you're right. Like, so, you know, between sort of five and ten hours, anywhere there is a sweet spot. This was just under, but obviously it's part of a, a wider series. I guess he's going to have some tie-ins or what, whatnot. Or I don't know if it's just the narrator who ties it all together. I think so but, yeah he's like got these he's, he's the one sort of reading the story isn't he to you and like i think the, these stories are all like the books that he's got in his it'll be like the what's that fella called out of the king novels it always pops up and is lurking yeah exactly almost <laughs> i guess like a tales from the crypt like the crypt keeper or something yeah yeah it'd be interesting to see where they go with um i think it's lost hope or last hope the the next one it's supposed to be coming out in the summer but as we'd mentioned that old uh that old COVID-19 might put pay to that. But I'll certainly be interested in looking and getting that. I would love a package of all of them, but they're probably not going to do it to the end. So uh, I ain't going to wait around. I'll, I'll be looking to get that. The, the the one thing I point out every time with these games is how well they translate the look of the actors onto the game. Like the facial animation this is fucking insane. Like the close-ups and... Every little detail of their face is is captured and their reactions are captured. It makes you wonder whether there's other games out there that can sort of get to this level with a bit more of a robust gameplay um, loop, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, it does look phenomenal, really. It's a lovely-looking game. Um, I mean, yeah, cause it, I mean, this is pretty much exactly the same as Until Dawn, isn't it, in terms of like gameplay <laughs> mechanics? It's kind of point-click and like a bunch of quick-time. Yeah events yeah i mean it does i mean i can't wait to see well one or um last of us two looks like and then yeah. you know these early games on next gen are just going to be insane yeah i think one of the one of the problems that these that, that supermassive have had and this is i thought present in until dawn and man of medan is there's a lot of walking around during certain points where you're exploring the environment and picking up clues or interacting with things and i just found the controls really sluggish like super slow and like trying to turn someone. I remember there's bits when there's two of us trying to walk down, um, like a little little small oh, gap yeah. in, the, in the game. It's like it's, it's like, and I was just like, we kept bumping into each other and getting twisted up. And I was like, Jesus Christ! 
they really ought to try and tighten the actual controls up. So I think they, they let themselves down in that area. But it's a, it's a horror game, and you know, it is what it is. Jump scares galore. Um, I preferred the end to end story with this one. I think as compared uh, compared to over until dawn. dawn. Yeah, just because. Yeah, it's, it's the opposite. I think. I think I preferred until dawn. Like without spoiling anything, I like the. I think I just like that type of horror kind yeah. of better when there's something more tangible. Whereas, yeah, this like you always. I'm always like kind of second guessing what's going on, and it kind of I guess kind. Of, I mean, not that I guessed anything, but it kind of went the way I expected it to. Mm. I think there's a couple of like giveaways, you know, in the sort of like back third of the game that let you know where the story's headed but I mean that is the thing with this it, it, it's all about the stories and it that's why that movie night thing would work so well is that yeah. really you, the gameplay elements are kind of take second base to the actual like acting and the story that's going on on screen and just trying to keep everyone alive I guess is also then the, yeah. one of the sort of main or or not if you don't really like the people what did, we ended up with two people dying didn't we out of the, yeah, what to be fair, that the second one again. I'm not going to say anything that because I guess you must have known. I had well, an no, inkling that might happen. Yeah, I thought that was amazing. To be fair, basically, I did something very early in, on in the game that seemed really unconsequential, and <laughs> then it really came back to bite. I was like, yeah. I think it was post credits, wasn't it? Might it? Have it was been, like yeah, a it was real yeah. sting in the tail. Just pulled, got through it, and absolutely got someone. KO'd. Yeah, it was uh, it was that was a nice little sort of twist on it in the end. Do you know what it literally was? Like, I would say whatever score I'd give it, I would have gave it an extra point just on top for that. It really, that yeah. got me. That did. It was brilliant. Yeah. Have you got any interest of going back and doing like a solo run to see more of this? Because you probably only got about sixty percent of what can happen. Because I was doing the other forty percent, and or maybe the other sort of whatever percentage it is, um, we shared bits and pieces. But any interest in running through one evening on a solo run to see what, what other bits are, are there for you? No, if I'm honest, but not not because I didn't enjoy it. But I think I'd be more inclined to go back with somebody else, like you know, recommend yeah. it to a friend and do exactly what you did and, and play through. I don't know if I could somehow get the second half of the story that I missed, but. That would be, I think it is a fun game to play. Like I enjoyed Until Dawn in the same way, um, like with a bunch of people. So yeah, that is my sort of go-to with these. I would don't think, personally for me, there's enough replay to see it through solo after doing it um, as a co-op. But it's so short. Like, you know, if you're sitting around one evening, then I'd absolutely just blast through it if I had someone else to play it with. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I've started writing a letter to Supermassive of improvements they could make. So we've talked Go about on. the sluggish controls. We we know that the, the facial animation is excellent, so keep up, sort of thumbs up there. Uh, the transitions between scenes is sometimes a bit jarring, I felt. Like yeah. it, just, it, it didn't always make continuity sense, but a small price to pay with the amount of branching storylines, I guess. Um, but the next stage, and this is what I want them to look at implementing, is some sort of psyche or mental stability meter within the the characters so depending on their personality so if someone's quite strong robust sort of mentally headstrong they're a bit more resistant to this than someone who's maybe a little bit more on the lower end of the scale but the decisions that you make can improve or decrease their mental state the higher 
mental state they have so that the more clear-headed they are you get more time for your qtes more combat options and perhaps some bonus um dialogue options as well that can sort of avoid a, a bad situation on the lower end of the scale the qtes are harder you maybe reduce the amount of time you get in combat encounters and maybe even get a few cool little dialogue options for someone who's sort of having a breakdown due to the circumstances shall i put that in the open letter or not yeah man get it in anything else that adds a bit more sort of gameplay to it that is kind of a cool i mean the only thing is though mate those quick ones they're gonna really get picked off then with that sort yeah. of i'm but, shit at those quick time events mate i'm, I'm struggling as it is and <laughs> panicking and sweating like grease monkeys and got me fucking with someone with a fragile mind giving me about three seconds uh, they're not gonna last but then the sense of accomplishment of getting them improved from the bottom of the barrel to like the headstrong and then watching someone who was all cocky to start with decline would be something interesting to watch. But yeah, it would make it hard for people because you just you do a few bad decisions and you could end up in a right torrid state of them. They just keep going down and down and down and then eventually killed. But that would be quite fun. To yeah, man. That. I like it. Are you looking forward to Little Hope? As I said, 2020 is the release date, summer. We might not get it in the summer. It might come in the autumn or winter or maybe next year. But has Mad of Medan done enough to get you sort of sniffing around a little hope when that's when that comes out? Yeah, man. I like, I like this kind of game. I haven't played as many of these as you, but um, mm. I, I really do like this format of game. And um, and, and then, yeah, like, I, like, I mean, it'd be nice if they got them out a little bit quicker, maybe, but whatever. I mean, I guess then there's overkill, like the resis. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like the different actual stories and, you know, the, uh, horror is, like, up there with my favourite genres of film and game and where, everything, basically. So, yeah, I'm well interested to see where they go with this and, you know, what type of... Because the trader doesn't give a great deal away. No. So, like I said, to be honest, for me, I thought the Until Dawn sort of horror like story and things was more up my street so you know if they lean in that way again and everything else is roughly the same that's fine with me that i guess that's interesting if there will be any gameplay adjustments or it will literally be cut and paste everything and then just a new story and skin on everything with new actors but i guess we'll see yeah i I can see it being more of a cut and paste jobby but you never know. Maybe they do look at the look at what they can improve from one iteration to the other and add things. But you'd think because they're part of one collection, they'll keep them relatively similar. Uh, yeah, we'll I mean, yeah. I wonder if they're all. You know, I, well, you'd you'd think story wise, they probably would have fleshed those out before they done much yeah. else. And then yeah, they're obviously running off the same engine. Maybe they've got. I don't know if the team, same team, is doing them all, or if they've, you know, got people working similar time i don't know how they're doing it but yeah i mean that would be my guess as well but then if they're you know engaged with the community and people are saying you know they get that app's letter through and they're like right douglas get on this get get those <laughs> mindscapes in but yeah i mean even if it is just a can't paste job I'm, I'm on board yeah i'd like to see where they, where they go with this and whether there's a, like an underlying title of the whole collection as well but we'll see uh, a decent game for sure what would you what would you score it if you were in the in the scoring business? If you giving you sort of a 0.5 decimal to work off as well, if you want to go middle of the road on a on a number, probably give it a solid seven. Maybe do you know what? Seven point five for that little twist at the end. That was sweet <laughs> as I really did like that. I mean, I said I'd give it a point, but I've now backtracked half a point. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's really fun. Like you can pick it up for 
like I don't know between 12 and 17 pounds probably now well worth that play it with a friend like I mean Christ it's the price of a posh cinema ticket and it's yeah I mean I've seen much worse films basically so yeah I thought it was really decent yeah I'd go the same 7.5 I think um which is a decent enough score and something that if you're interested in these narrative type games just just play it just get it it's a it's, it's a no-brainer really moving on i've got a little game or a little couple coming up i guess for this particular episode a plague tale innocence got this is a christmas present you got any idea what this is literally mate not a clue i'm just looking at the box art now online steam Where do you, i mean is it a pc game is it on console it's on everywhere apart from Switch, I believe. So it's a cross Switch platform. missing out again, always. Well, they always come like a year later, don't they? They're like, oh, here's this game that came out 18 months ago and it's full price again. You're like, oh, it's watered experience. down. Full price plus a tenner, watered yeah. down experience and shit controls. There you go, have that. <laughs> Thank you. No, mate, I actually know nothing about it. So go on, give me an overview. So I'll do the rundown of this. This is a, another, it's not a narrative focused game, but it has quite a lot of story in it which is quite interesting so it's set in france in like 1348 sort of dostoevsky style date there um we've got the we've got the evil like brexit english who are roaring around invading um it's the hundreds war so that's what's the sort of time period we're looking at and you control this this girl i think she's about maybe 15 or something like she seems like a sort of a mid-teen type girl called amicia and she's a young girl of, of noble descent, so she's by no means a pauper. She's got a very good life in comparison to a lot of the, the lower class scum that's sort of living in the in in the bins in the surrounding areas. And she's got a younger brother called Hugo. He's been pretty ill since birth, so he's one of those sort of sickly kids that you find in these stories that's born and he's like, oh, I'm not very well. And he's kind of been quarantined whilst the mother's working on some sort of cure for what it is. And you're not not revealed as to what's really gone on with him. Amicia doesn't really get to see him that often either because he's in, in, in quarantine. Dad called called Robert, so that's the little family they've got. They're rich bastards, though. Anyway, it all goes to shit when the, the Inquisition rock up at this state searching for Hugo. So they start slaughtering all the, like, the maids and the people that are in the, on the premises. They're after this little kid. Um, and because of this, this chaos, you're kind of forced to go on the run with Hugo and, and look after him. Primary goal is to, you know, avoid capture from these bastards, but also try and find a cure for this little shit because he's still, he's still very ill. So during the game, you kind of got bloodthirsty guards on your tail that you've got to work out to get around and, and stealth through. But the, I guess the unique thing that they've they've put into the game is there's hordes of rats that are also started to infest certain areas of the world so they've they've got the bubonic plague so they're obviously not you don't want to go near those and if you are surrounded by the rats and you don't have lights like fire you don't got any torches back then they will basically devour you and kill you so that's kind of how you got to avoid those guys but that's the setup of the game it is a a stealth based game where you have sort of third person you've got hugo with you and the main kind of mechanic in the game is that you've got this sling that she carries around and you can use the sling to like distract guards in certain areas or to knock down items to create like a fire so that 
Um, the, the rats can't get to that certain area because there's, there's, there's light there. And yeah, it's a, it's a case of working through the, the games, a few twists and turns in there. It's a pretty basic game when you when you drill it down. You do have some combat moments, um, but it's a, it's an interesting game because it's quite heavily focused on the narrative between these two. And because she's not really got to know Hugo because he's been locked away ill, it's kind of the blossoming of their relationship as well. And you obviously know that Hugo's got something in him because you've got you know guards coming up your ass trying to kill you. Right, so hang on. So is this like mainly? I've just had a quick look at the gameplay. Is it is it kind of puzzle based where you're trying to clear a path using this sling and fire to get Hugo through, and he's a bit of a hindrance, or is yeah. it more like story heavy and Man of Medan again, where it's they're not really puzzles; it's just pretty straightforward. No, it's more puzzle. It's more it gameplay is. focused. Right, okay. Yeah. There's no there's no choices or narrative decisions. It's all about how you can get from point A to point B without right. getting caught, essentially. And there's, like you said, like you mentioned there, each level or each area is kind of set up with very specific things that you'll have to do and time in order to get through without, you know, getting killed. And Hugo, when you have him with you, he kind of slows you down when you hold him because he can't walk as far. So some bits you kind of have to, you know, make a distraction, leave him there go into like the the weeds or the bushes because you can get there just in time and then do another distraction and call him over so the guards don't see him because they it's, it's not like the last of us where the, no one can see ellie right they they can see hugo and he can cost you but he won't he will never go out of your sight unless you kind of tell him to do it so you are in full control of him perfect right so you, you've got so many commands you can do like wait come here and yeah, all the normal up. stuff that's it, yeah. Can just send him out to his death, which, you know, is a bit cruel, but that's an option there for <laughs> Well, him. he sounds like he's a fucking hindrance in that world, if I'm honest, mate. Hey, he might hold the key to the cure of all this. You don't know. Well... Like anything. I can't even remember now if he does or not, but... You know, <laughs> How long is it? Is it a big game? Uh, it's about... I think it's about eight hours, eight to ten hours, I think. Um, I didn't spend too long on it i didn't go back or replay anything because there's a lot of like collectibles and you know things like that that you can you can get but it was a it was a decent length i mean to be um, honest that is my absolute sweet spot now sort of that seven to twelve hour game is is, is perfect yeah it's probably actually it's probably more i would say actually it's probably more 10 to 12 sort of dozen hours capping it out but it depends how quick you play it obviously but i'd say you get about 10 hours out of it it sounds like the sort of game where you kind of have to be a bit methodical and whatnot though yeah a lot of trial and error yeah those those stealth games can't be rushing through them do struggle with those nice but you know it's got it's got a decent setting you don't really i wasn't expecting a game like this to sort of arrive in 2019 um but I I got this as a present, a Christmas present, and and it, it's been out a little while, so the price was was lower than what um, the the initial release price was. When I looked up that the fact that this was a full price game, I was completely shocked because the length is probably about right as a, like a single playthrough, but everything else like production, graphics, voice acting lip sync all like the basic stuff was really like not up to scratch and mm. if it was a if it was a 25 pound game you'd have gone yeah that makes sense but anyone that sat there and paid 45 uk pounds for this might be a little bit taken aback as to how they've they've passed it through as a full price game in all honesty i was and- i was i just assumed it was one of those like budget games like 30 quid ish for some reason and then when i looked i was like oh no it wasn't <laughs> 
So hang on, who made this and have they played, made anything else that I would know? Um, have they made anything else you would know? I don't think they have, actually. Um, I'm just trying to think exactly. I'll just look up what they've done and we'll do it that way. But it's a... Uh, oh, no, they've done the, um, the Crew 2. So <laughs> it's a bit of a jump from the Crew Jesus, 2 to this, yeah. this horror stealth puzzle game. So yeah, they've not got much sort of pedigree in this in this area. They've done a few other bits and pieces, but um, they they helped with the the, the the crew too. On I think they were doing they were mainly doing like ports, yeah, and things yeah, like yeah. that. So it was like the Windows version of that. But yeah, and, and PS4 and whatnot. But they've not really done a great deal of their own stuff. So this is kind of like a a um, like a new venture for them. It's it's okay. It, they're, they're helping with Microsoft Flight Simulator next. So I don't know how that's all going down. Fucking hell, they're jumping all over the place. Yeah, mate. Big Phil wants to get people in, contract them. He's just throwing money all over the place, isn't he? Get them yeah. on that first party studios. <laughs> um, is there much replay value in this? Would you go through again? Or is it a nah. one-shotter? One-shotter. Not, not, no interest in going back again. Because it's like, it's like a game where it has... A very specific kind of structure to it. Even after ten hours, you're kind of like the last third. You're a bit like right. I kind of just I'm starting done, I'm to done wane by then. But yeah, it doesn't doesn't yeah. hold its weight to the to the full end. But yeah, it's, it's decent for what it is. I'm assuming it's one of those games where like what you start with is what you've got. Like you can interact with things, but it's generally like just plays on the same puzzles over and over and just. Yeah, they obviously up the complexity, and you can unlock new items to put in your sling, which have different effects. Right. So you can cause distractions, or you can maybe there's a there's a guard walking around with like a torch or a lamp, and you'll unlock a a new sling item that can smash his lamp, and then the rats get him. Right. So you can do that, and it wants you to kind of mix it all together and, and try different things and. It is normally like a couple of ways you can do certain things if you're lucky, but there are some bits where it's like, no, you have to do this specific puzzle in this specific order using these specific items, and then you'll get through it, otherwise you you won't have a chance in hell. These fucking rats sound like something out of Stephen King. Like they're quite cool, directions. actually. Like they're, that's, they're quite cool how they how they look, how they come swarming at you, and as long as you've got a torch, you're fine. But it's quite cool just to knock a light out from like a guard and watch them just come up and absolutely slaughter him. Jesus! Um, it's, uh, they, they walk over where the body is and it's just like completely stripped of <laughs> any sort of flesh. So they're, def- they're definitely the highlight of the game. Fucking hell! All right. Um, anything else to go over, or do you want to give it a score? Yeah, no, I think that's about it for a Plague Tale Innocence. Um, I'm going to give it. <sighs> It's tough. Do I... 6.5. Yeah, I mean, from what you said, it sounds about right, I guess. Yeah, I just... It didn't scream... It seems unfair because I didn't didn't pay for it, but I could just imagine someone paying 45 quid for this and being like, what? Is it? Is that what we're doing now? So 6.5, if you've got spare, it's cheaper now, so you won't have to pay that price, but if you fancy this... You know, a little 10-hour, 12-hour game, go through it, but there's not a lot of depth to it. Story's good, though. Story's pretty decent. It always helps. Yeah, it helps you sort of pull it through. But, um, yeah, that's uh, A Plague Tale Innocence done. Sweet. Final one from me, Disco Elysium. So we covered this on our Game of the Year podcast, but I thought I'd just drop in the grading of this. 
So just hang on, remind me, is this the one where you're a detective and you've got different like personality traits that you can kind of like grow or, you know, whatever. And then that helps with your... It's the Homer Simpson simulator, yeah. Yeah, 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 I've heard of this and I remember you guys talking about it. Okay, so you you finished this now, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'd finished it anyway. Okay. I had, because we was doing just game of the year, I didn't score it. it. I was just sort of brisking through it. And, um, but yeah, it's good game like obviously not it's a proper rpg yeah so not for everyone but if you had any questions i'm happy to answer them if not i'll i'll just rattle through and no i think i've heard like a lot of places talk about this and i've heard nothing but good things so i'm assuming you enjoyed it and yeah look forward to hearing this score but if yeah if you want to just give it a like quick overview and then score it off yeah so it's an rpg isometric currently only on pc but console ports apparently are due and um, you take control of a detective who's a fucking pisshead basically wakes up with a stinking hangover like i did yesterday and is trying to really figure out what he's doing in this weird little town why he's been called in and it turns out there's been a there's been a murder there and you're you're off to basically solve the murder and up, along your way you kind of uncover and as you'd expect branches off into all sorts of different directions and whatnot but the the core thing that makes this rpg different is that you have these voices in your head that are constantly nipping at you and giving you advice based on the conversations you're having with other people so for example if you've if you've leveled up your strength your physical strength there's like an alpha voice in your head who wants to just sort of like bulldoze through everything so you'll be like right just knock this fella out and like you can choose that as an option just to like physically just harm someone rather than talk your way through it and it's, it's it sounds really complex it sounds like it can get a bit messy but it's not the only thing is like i mentioned on the game of the year podcast is that there's just so much reading in this like tons and tons and tons of reading so if you're not up for reading things <clears throat> absolutely not a game for you but an interesting RPG and storytelling is really good. Probably a bit too long for its own good, like 35 hours. I was like, Jesus. This is oh, really? Jesus. Yeah, this is a long one, but it's good. It's, it certainly earns its, its, its the, the accolades that it's received in the last year. And yeah, I would, um, if you're interested in RPGs, recommend giving this a whirl. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. But again, if you don't like proper RPGs, like old school RPGs, you're probably not going to change your mind with this with disco elise yeah. to be honest so i don't know if you have much interest in those but i don't think it's going to be you know going to be changing your mind if you sat down and played it yeah yeah i get ya. Hmm. all right we'll go and score me um torn gonna give it a nine jesus sweet game of the year nominee yeah clearly Wow. Yeah. I was torn between that and an 8.5, but I just thought it does quite a lot of unique things and kept me engaged for like 80% of the 30 hours, which is pretty good considering how much reading's in there. Yeah. And I could, oh, I do want to actually, it's one that we talked about two games where you didn't want to, you wouldn't want to go back and play Man in Medan again unless it was like co op. I wouldn't do a Plague Tale Innocence again at all, but I would quite happily sit down and go for a completely different sort of build of my character and yeah. try different things in Disco Elysium. I think that, you know, in, in like three, four months' time, I'll boot this up again and go, right, let's just try and do like a meathead run through and see how far we get. Yeah, yeah, see yeah. What, 
see see other ways that we can solve the situations we find ourselves in. But yeah, so it's it's it is a good game and worthy of all the accolades that it got in in 2019. But um, that's it for this first edition of Games on the Grill. So we got through three there, which is pretty good. Um, expect this to be back in in the near future with another batch of games, or perhaps a a single game with a single focus, getting really deep into it. But nothing more for us to say apart from thanks for your time and ta-da. This was a Dimp Digital production.